Hello, you beautiful listener. Thank you for tuning in to Professor Fortress's very first podcast episode on October 1st, 2022. Now, if you're here for this first episode, then you're probably a friend of mine. And I'm so glad you're listening. And if you don't know who I am, then hello and welcome. I'm a creative kind of person. I'm a little strange. I'm a little unusual, but I wouldn't want it any other way. And I thought to open this podcast, I would share a story, kind of a spooky story, just right for October. It all began in week one of the new quarter, where I teach at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. I came and arrived on campus early and walked to my classroom with a little bit of a skip in my step. I arrived early enough to set up and put on some gorgeous music from the composer Hector Berlioz, the composition Symphonie Fantastique. And as I was listening to this incredible piece of program music, I noticed that a student was standing outside of the door of my classroom, staring at me with a bewildered look. And his chest was rising and falling quite rapidly as though he was under duress. He sees me looking at him. We make eye contact. So he steps into the threshold of my classroom and asks, Do you know where so-and-so is? Honestly, I didn't catch the name. And I said, Who? And he says the name again, So-and-so. Again, I didn't hear the name. I said, I don't know. haven't seen anyone else. Is there anything I can help you with? I asked. And he looked at me quite strangely and said, I had an epiphany last night. I need to tell someone. I wanted to tell this person, but I can't seem to find them. And that kind of piqued my interest. Anyone who comes to your door and says, well, they're having an epiphany or they had an epiphany, well, it's probably worth to hear what what they have to say. So I proceeded to have some back and forth with them, just small talk in this awkward moment. But I guess they felt relatively comfortable with me because they walked into my classroom and said, last night I had an epiphany and I figured out how to unite all of humanity. How to bring the world together. (laughs) I thought that was kind of an astonishing claim. But then he went on to say that he didn't want anyone to steal his idea. So he didn't want to tell me any of the specifics, but he was desperate to share that he had had this epiphany. And and he wanted to speak to that person who he thought was a trusted advisor, but he couldn't find them. And he seemed really quite panicked. So I put on my social engineering and my mandated reporter hat and asked him, well, are you okay? Do you need 
support? Do you need help? He said, no. He said, are you feeling like you're going to harm yourself or harm others? And he kind of hesitated but said no. And that was sort of what first got the, the hair on the back of my neck to twitch a little bit because of that hesitation. But I was curious enough to keep probing. So I asked him some open-ended questions to get him talking. And boy, talking he did. He started to share that the reason why the world is struggling is because the damage of these hegemonic forces that are imperiling society. And he started making these analogies to us being slaves to our masters and so on and so forth. And I thought, well, this is intriguing, but it's nothing quite revolutionary. I think philosophers for centuries have been ruminating on that subject of master and slave, of those in power and those struggling against power. But he was adamant that in his epiphany, he had truly discovered the key to unite humankind. In our back-and-forth discussions there, as I sort of probed him, he began to feel more and more comfortable, comfortable with me, it seemed. So comfortable, in fact, that he said, would you like me to share some of my idea? I have it here in this book. And he had one of those moleskine folios. I said, sure, I'd love to hear your ideas if you feel like you can trust me, but I don't want you to share anything you're not comfortable sharing. At that moment, he stands up. He, he had pulled up a chair. He stands up from his chair. He walks to the door of my classroom, closes it, and latches it shut. He literally turns the deadbolt on my classroom door and locks it. That's when the hair on the back of my neck stood up because a thought ran through my mind like, oh gosh, I'm going to be in a true crime story here shortly. You know, professor murdered in own classroom by student. <laughs> That's what ran through my head for a second there. No one ever has done that. Come into the classroom, close and lock the door. It's the very first time that's ever happened. But I kept my composure. And I allowed the student to express themselves. And they began scribbling their internal dialogue up onto the board and rambling on and on about these visions he has been having. And I asked some deeper questions, trying to get him to reveal something that was truly unique, but he didn't really share anything groundbreaking, in my opinion. Pretty much recycling ideas from a variety of philosophers like Hegel and Nietzsche. Um, so, you know, we've all read that in our, our college liter uh, literature courses, so I, I'm not too surprised that maybe what he really is is a freshman who's at his very first quarter in college in his very first philosophy class and his teacher gave him some recommended reading and he probably read the the synopses or abstracts and and became 
you know, enlivened by these thoughts. And then, I don't know, maybe he had a dream and this is the epiphany. I'm not sure. But that's the vibe I started to get. What was so interesting about the interaction was that his physiology was just completely chaotic. He was breathing rapidly. He he was sighing in some moments of, of, uh, of desperation to express himself. His eyes seemed a little enlarged, his pupils slightly dilated and relatively inappropriately responsive to the lighting scheme in the classroom at the time. He just seemed a little off. So I asked him, have you taken any drugs, LSD, magic mushrooms? Maybe you just smoked a little cannabis for the first time. He said no. No to all of them. He said he was sober. I didn't quite believe him, but maybe he was actually experiencing a psychological episode, a manic episode of some kind. It's probably the most likely scenario. Again, we considered we, we, we continued talking. And at one point, he stopped and said, Hey, you want to play a game? (laughs) I thought, no, man, I don't want to play a game. I got a class to teach. But I said yes out loud. I said, sure, let's play a game. He didn't really explain the rules of the game, but he asked me to provide a sentence. Uh, Just say anything. Say a sentence out loud. So, what I said was, quote, We are here today. End quote. We are here today. He looked at me. He wrote the word we on the board. And he drew two stick figures next to the word. Then he took the word R. And he drew a square. Then he took the word here, and he drew a circle. And then he took the word today, and he drew a clock face. He then said, thank you for playing my game. He walked to the door, unlocked it, opened it, and left. I have never seen him again.